Um, as you know, we're talking about ordinary people, extraordinary God. And what I would like us to do um, is going to have a little competition. I think we should have the adults versus the children in this competition. Come on! And as a Sunday school helper, sometimes I'm going to be a child. Sharon would say what's new there, but that's what I'm going to do. Okay, the plan is using the blocks in these two bags to build the highest tower. So at the end, if you get that high, kids, you may need Oshan. Adults, you may need Adore, depending on how high you get this tower. Okay, so I am looking for one volunteer from the adult population. Adore, thank you very much. And I am looking for one volunteer from the children. Just to say, for the streaming purposes, the video is filming me. So by coming to the front, you're not going to be on camera. Um, just in case, because not everybody is able to. So just to make that clear. Okay, so one child, please. Okay, which one of you want? You choose which one of you wants to come. <laughs> Your brother at the back. No, come on, one of you, choose. There we go. Right, good lad. Thank you. Right, gentlemen, you've got a very important task. Considering that we want to build the biggest tower we can, I'd like you to reach into the bag, find the best block that you think will be the foundation. I wouldn't put it on the table. I'd leave it on the floor, otherwise you're going to knock it over. And I'd like you to find the best block that you think can be the foundation for this tower. You're looking for it to stand at the time of measuring. So if it falls over before we get there with the tape measure, it will be the height of the pile, not the tower. Okay. No. <laughs> Brian puts a little curvy block where there's nothing to balance on. Okay. Right. So that you've chosen? Okay. Thank you. If I can ask you both to go and take your seats. Thank you very much. Okay. I'm now looking for two adult volunteers and two children volunteers who haven't come up already. So let's go with adults first because they're usually the hardest. Two adults, please. Laura. <laughs> okay, thank you. And one more. Oh, Laura, thank you. Right, guys, thank you. Okay. And then two from the younger side of our church. Okay, do you want to come forward? Yeah, thank you. One. And do you want to do it as well? Yeah, great, thank you. Okay, in your own time, but bearing in mind we have got a time limit, see if you can, if you stand this side and, and go for it. Build as big a tower as you can and let me know when you want to stop. Keep going. No, keep going. Laura, keep going. Yeah, keep going. We had two people at the front from each team. Didn't they do well? Is there anybody else that we should be congratulating on the children's team and commiserating with on the adults team. There were two children here and they bought a tower that was fantastic. The two adults here built a tower. Anybody else that should be should be acknowledged? Adore, why Adore, Peter? He put the foundation block. Thank you very much. And you put the foundation block, didn't you? Well done. So well done to you guys. And that is what we're going to talk about very quickly this morning is a gentleman that we don't talk about in the Bible very often but actually if he didn't do his bit the church would look 
quite different. And I want to talk about Andrew. So, if you're comfortable, adults and children, please read along with me. And we're just going to look from John's Gospel. John's got the best Gospel, except he's got an H in his name. Apart from that, it's the best Gospel. We're going to look at John's Gospel. Okay, so, the next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by, and he said... The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Oh, sorry. Jesus turned and saw them following, and said to them, And they said to him, Which means teacher. He said to them, So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him for that day. For it was about the tenth hour. One of the two heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Andrew first found his brother Simon and said to him, Which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, Fantastic. Thank you very much. He brought him to Jesus. Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. So in today's Bible story, John was there with his disciples. He had a group of disciples of himself. And he preached to the people that a saviour was coming. And while John stood there with two of his followers... We know one was Andrew. We're not sure who the other one was. We think it might be John, the author of this Bible, but we're, this passage, but we're not sure. Jesus came by. And John helped his friends to stop following him and follow Jesus instead. And Andrew was one of those disciples, one of those followers. And he was so excited with the day that he just spent with Jesus that he then went to find his brother and brought Simon we now know as Peter, or Cephas, to Jesus. You see, Jesus is such good news that we should share what we know about him and what he's done for us. And kids, I want to ask you, who are you telling about Jesus? Who are you thinking of inviting to church or to youth? Whom are you inviting to church? No matter your age, actually, God wants us all to bring people to Jesus. So for the next five minutes or so, because I really don't want to be long, at the back there is some pens, there is also some blank paper, if I could ask the stewards to distribute for me, for any kids that would like. What I'd like you to try and do is design an invitation of, for, for one of your friends or somebody, doesn't, you don't even have to name the person, an invitation to bring somebody to church or to bring somebody to Jesus, okay? And while you're doing that, I'm just going to talk to the adults a little bit longer about that passage, but really not long. So if you look out for the paper and pens as they come round, that would be great. And at the end, if you've finished them or started them even, I'd love to see when we get to the end uh, what you've done. That would be fantastic. Thank you. Okay. So, as you know, 
we've been talking about ordinary people, extraordinary God. Wanting to know this answer, why would God choose me? And we know that the answer is, why not? And so as we're going through this series, it's been quite interesting. Some of the characters we've looked at, we've actually looked at Peter already. Some of the characters that we've looked at have been very interesting to see what God can do um, in our lives. And we come up with this verse, God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. We think about Peter, the rock, and all the things that he did, and we talk about him when we preach about him, what a great guy he was, all the ups and downs of his life, but we forget actually it was his brother who brought him to Jesus. Andrew doesn't actually get much of the credit, but what an important part he played, played even. (laughs) So let's just have a look at the name Andrew. Often people were named in biblical times because of the meaning of the name, Um, we think it's derived from the word for man or fellow husband, man. So the name Andrew probably means manly or masculine. I'm not sure whether we're allowed to say that much these days. But if you say manly or masculine, you're meaning brave, strong, courageous, warrior. And we know that he's one of the first disciples. One of the 12 that we were praying about and talking about earlier. And he was the Simon's brother. We know in... Uh, Matthew, for example, Jesus sees two fishermen, Andrew and Simon, in a boat, and he says, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. The chances are this story that we're looking at now happened at some time after. So they probably did follow him for a bit, and then for some reason went back to their boats, went back to following John. But this is the point at which they start to follow Jesus. And in this scripture, I want to just bring out a few points, and I'm really not going to take that long on them and how well that shows up actually but the point is Jesus turned and saw them following him the minute we decide to follow Jesus to turn towards God he will respond and I'm reminded of those of you who heard me preach before know how much I love the story of the prodigal father and I think the fact that when the son realizes his predicament and turns around while he is some way off the father runs against all social norms, runs towards his son and embraces him. And this reminds me of that. The two, the, 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 the two Andrew and the unknown, they, they start following Jesus and Jesus turns around. I love that. And, he, and he, they turn around and they say, what are you seeking? And they immediately come back with rabbi, master, teacher. By their answer, straight away, Jesus knows. He knew anyway because they were following him. But they're now acknowledging, you're the one we now want to learn from. You're the one we want to follow. You're the one we want you to be the master of our life. By one simple name, rabbi. We are nailing our flag well and truly to your master. We want to be your pupils, to be taught by you. And the Lord's response, come and you will see. Come with me. Notice how the Lord develops disciples. He invites them into a friendship, a familial friendship. Come and see. He looks into their hearts. He can see what they're capable of. He can see what was hidden. He can see things that they probably didn't even know themselves. 
How many of you are doing things since you've become a Christian that you didn't know you would even dream you could do? If you'd have told me, little Johnny, when I was 15, that I would be standing here preaching, I would have just laughed at you. This is not in my strength. I am shy. I am nervous, except for in Christ. I can do all things. He's given me a spirit of boldness. He sees that. And he sees... And he has a desire to help them. And maybe you haven't actually followed Jesus before. Or you haven't started to show an interest. Or you've started to show an interest actually. And Jesus is saying, what do you want? Maybe you're at that point that you're ready to say, Rabbi. Jesus, I want to follow you. Is this the moment? Is this the moment that you want to say, Rabbi? I'm asking everybody now just to close your eyes, just for this minute. And I would invite anybody this morning who hasn't called Jesus Lord yet, who hasn't reached out, who hasn't acknowledged him as their rabbi, but would like to, I'd love to give you the opportunity. So if there's anybody there this morning that would like to join this great family to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just ask you to lift your hand so that I can see and we can pray with you. I'd love to pray with you. Okay, that's nobody here this morning. But if that has struck a nerve with anybody and you want to talk to me afterwards, please do. If you're watching online and you want to talk to somebody, please email us. We would love to bring you to Jesus. We would love to. Okay. What was Andrew's response after following Jesus, seeing what Jesus was like, having some fellowship with him? He went and found his brother, Simon. He found him. That implies to me he sought him out. He went to look for him. He was seeking his brother. And then he says, we have found the Messiah. Now he could have gone to his brother, a bit of one-upmanship, and said, I found the Messiah. But he didn't. He said, we have found the Messiah. How humble. How humble a man. He didn't want any credit, any limelight. He could have shared with him what Jesus had shared, but he wanted his brother to come and see for himself what they had found. He persuaded him to come to see Jesus. I don't know how much of a persuasion it was. He, he'd probably already seen Jesus before when he said, come follow me, make me a fish as a man. So he's probably seen some of this stuff already. Probably wasn't a hard gig to persuade him, but maybe it was. Maybe he said, actually, I've done that. I did that last year. Maybe he did. I don't know. But the point is, he persuaded him to come, and he came, and he introduced him to Jesus. And then he left it, really. He introduced him to Jesus, and then Jesus steps in. He brought him to Jesus. An instance of true love to his brother. How much more proof do we need that Andrew loved his brother, that he brought him to Jesus? after just spending the one day with him. And Jesus' response, he welcomes Peter, even though he had to persuade, be persuaded to come. He doesn't mind. I don't mind what means you've got to me, but you've decided to come, and you have come. And he calls him by name. He knew him. Peter! What? He remembers me? Or he knows me? They were probably strangers, possibly they'd met before, but the point is, he knew his name. And then, even more than that, 
Christ indicates his favour to Peter by giving him a new name. Sorry, to Simon, by giving him a new name. Peter. William Temple, apparently a former Archbishop of Canterbury. I say apparently because I don't know the chap. He died a while ago, apparently. Um, but former Archbishop of Canterbury, in his um, study of, one, of John, at this verse, John 1.42, he says, the greatest service that one person can do for another. Bring them to Jesus. You are not making them have faith. You are giving them the opportunity. You are just being faithful and bringing them to Jesus. You may not be able to do what Peter did, but you can do what his brother Andrew did. Apparently there's an African proverb. It says, if you think you're too small to make a difference, you haven't spent the night with a mosquito. That mosquito makes a difference in an annoying way. But the principle is exactly the same. You are not too small. Your role might be to make the introductions, but it can have eternal consequences. In any way, you matter. Andrew's response could have been, you've just called him rock and I'm the one who's brought him to you. What about me? No, that was not Andrew's response. Andrew was just so impressed touched, moved by what he'd seen. He wanted to bring his brother to him. I think Andrew was completely secure and significant in who he was and didn't mind what other people thought because he knew who he was in Jesus. He was sure of his identity. He didn't need fame or fortune. He didn't need the approval of man. Who can you bring to see Jesus? You may not get the recognition for it here on earth, but God sees. I promise you, God sees everything you do for the kingdom. I challenge you to read Romans 16. And when you read Romans 16, there is a list of people that we don't preach on in the Bible. But there's a list of people that Paul thought was so significant in establishing the church in Rome that he named them. They were the unsung heroes. And in verse 22 of chapter 16 it even says I Tertius who wrote down this letter greet you in the Lord hang on a minute I thought Paul wrote the letter he did Tertius penned it for him he didn't, doesn't anywhere else write on it he just a little, little caveat I also send you greetings the unsung heroes of the Bible but all key, all key people that Paul mentioned and all he's celebrating. You may not have your name in the Bible, but every decision you make for Christ will be celebrated by God, I promise you. I sort of did it. Let's pray. I've already touched on this, but maybe this is the opportunity that you need to make Jesus your rabbi. Or is Jesus inviting you to come and you will see? Is God actually prompting you this morning to bring someone specific to Jesus? Or be more intentional? Ask God for opportunities to reveal what he wants you, 
who we want you to invite or speak to. Maybe you've done the inviting and you're tired of doing the inviting because no one's coming. Brothers and sisters, you are being obedient to the calling. It's not your responsibility if they don't come, if you've invited them. Maybe you are inviting people and they're coming, but you feel unnoticed. I assure you, God notices. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you know each one of us individually and you celebrate with us when we celebrate. You celebrate our triumphs for your kingdom. You cry when we're crying. You hurt when we're hurting. You notice us. We are significant because you died for us and love each one of us. Lord, help us to see opportunities this week that we can bring people to Jesus. Whether that's a full invitation, whether that's a spoken word, whether that's an act or a deed. Help us to be a people. Help us to be a church who bring people to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen.